Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi. My name is Bennett Pomerantz, and this is the this is our Anything Goes um, episodes, or whatever you want to call them. And by the way, if I haven't said it, thank you, Marsha. Marsha Casper Cook is lovely to give me the airtime so I can talk to guests I know and guests you know. Um, I'm still reeling from last week's show, and the emails are coming in about the Count and, and of course, uh, Elizabeth Black, both together. And we're, Marsha's, I think, playing another show uh, in October, but with them, I hope. And that'll be a lot of fun. I'm not invited, but that's okay. I'll cry later. Um, and I do want to thank Marsha for everything, because if it wasn't for her, these shows would not happen. Okay, enough of the shameless plug because it is shameless and she's lovely. Don't ever tell you she isn't. Um, tonight's guest or this afternoon's guest is an old fan of, of Anything Goes and a uh, fan of mine. Um, she had written a number of books and I have always been impressed with what she writes. I just wish I could write that good. She's that talented. Um, and I, I'll let her tell you, uh, about a forward that she had on one of her books once. I'd like to also introduce, before I'm stupidly forgetting, Leanne Sonheimer Murphy. The, the, uh, the, she's a author, a newspaper person, everything. Leanne, you still with me? Yes, I am. Hello. How are you? And I, I, I have gotten. I don't know why I've talked about it before in other shows and other things. I want you to tell them the story of my forward to one of your books. All right. Way back when I first started being a book person, I wrote a vampire series, which is the Love Covenant series. The first book was Love Tattoo, and Bennett liked those books with my vampire, Will Brennan, the Shakespeare-quoting vampire. So he told me one day on one of his shows, he said, if you write another vampire book, I'll write the foreword. And I thought, okay, this is really cool, so I'm not going to let this opportunity get away from me. So I sat down, and I quickly wrote a book. At that time, I was not yet a newspaper editor as well, so I had slightly more time 
to do such things. And so I wrote a new vampire book, which was called The Comanche Vampire. And so I emailed Bennett a very short time later, following his show, and said, Okay, I said, okay, I'm ready for the forward now. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I wrote the book, so need the forward. And so he wrote me a very beautiful, very nice forward. <laughs> but I think yeah, it was yeah. at the speed we asked for that. It was very fast. But I didn't want to let that opportunity. I am a huge mm-hmm. fan of Bennett, and I thought, I want that forward, so we're going to do it now. Do it right away so we can mm-hmm. get that nailed in. And we did. I did. You did. But uh, I I got a couple of people going, how did you get so lucky or whatever? I'm like, in the publishing industry, it is luck. It is is a chance. A book may fail, a book may not. You don't know unless you write it. You don't know the opportunity unless you do it. Um, You can, of course, uh, if you don't get the opportunity... It's not a personal thing, you know. It happens, you know. It's sometimes being in the right place at the right time with the right thing, and it happens. And uh, so you are doing newspaper editing now. Tell them how many papers you do it for and who you do it for. All right. my I have two papers that I am the editor and basically everything else. They've cut our editorial staff down till it's me. But I have two papers, the Neosho Daily News and the Aurora Advertiser, which are both in southwest Missouri, but the towns are about 40 miles apart. So that's a challenge. But we, we formerly were Gatehouse, and we were bought out late last year by Gannett, USA Today, and so now we are a Gannett paper. So mm-hmm. we now have all kinds of networking we can do, and it's really a pretty good company to work for. Hey, if you can get them, you can get the job, you know, do it. Jobs are scarce these days. I have people that have told me, well, can I be on your radio show? Why? I need a job. And I'm like, you can't do that. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to have an an ad service. You're giving people jobs on the air, but it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. No, if I, unfortunately. If it really, go ahead. I just said, unfortunately, it does not. I have people almost every day saying, do you need a fill in the blank? And it's like, sorry, nope. <laughs> I'd love to hire you, but I can't right now. I do have some stringers that I have that are very helpful. Stringers, for anybody that doesn't know, those are your freelance contract employees that ride on a per-piece basis. It used to be, a, what, a penny a word? I think it used to be. I'm getting it. Yeah. The pay is not super great, but it's not bad. And if you're good with words or good with a camera... They they can, you know, chunk up some fair change. And it's a help to me because I can't be every place, especially when the places are 40 miles apart. That's very helpful to me. 
You also write a weekly column, and I love it. Uh, do you have it in front of you, or am I? I do, actually. Uh, I do. Okay, she writes a weekly column, and she reprints it in Facebook. And if you if you're not a member of her fan club of, you know, writing or 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 the newspaper or whatever, get there. She writes such wonderful op-eds that, again, I'm impressed with her op-eds. I'm not even in her neighborhood, and I'm impressed with her op-eds. She, I I don't know how she comes up with that. Well, I used to do op-eds. I know how she comes up with half these things. But it impresses me very, very much. And I'll let you read the current one, if you don't mind. Sure. The title of it is Gotta Get Back on the Road Again, which as I read it, you'll understand why that's the title. Each summer, for more years than I can count, my grandparents had the same vacation routine. After days of packing and preparing, they loaded up their car as if they embarked on a cross-country move with everything from frying pans to face powder. They rose even earlier than usual, long before the sun, and began a day-long trek to the other end of the state. Stiff-legged and weary, they arrived at their favorite resort on the shores of Lake Taneycomo in Branson, Missouri. They didn't do much but enjoy the lakeside resort. My pop did a little fishing, and my grandmother sat out on the tiny porch and enjoyed the cooler air. Sometimes they headed up the street to Dick's Five and Dime or to eat a meal at the Branson Cafe. They considered the resort owners to be friends, and after my pop passed away, the owners kept in touch with my grandmother until she died. Sometimes our family joined them. Then Granny and Pop might branch out a little farther to visit Silver Dollar City, which was much smaller back then, to ride the Frisco Silver Dollar train or the stagecoach, which is long gone. I loved their countryfied vacations in the then small town of Branson, Years later, I searched out a few of the old remaining resorts for vacations with my husband and kids, but not many remain. The one where my grandparents once stayed was located where Branson Landing now stands. For years, as a family, my husband and I took the kids to Branson every summer, often more than once. We stayed at a few of the old-fashioned resorts on the far side of the lake more than once, but we also took advantage of stays in newer hotels. Branson, then and now, even before COVID-19, has changed since those long-ago years with Granny and Pop. I can remember when the strip was much shorter and when downtown Branson was the place to be. I haven't been to Branson in a few years, not since my husband's health first declined and my job responsibilities increased. This summer, despite having both vacation and personal time available, the chance of taking time off is slim, and with the current coronavirus pandemic, it puts a crimp in any travel plans. Since I love to travel, that's a huge statement. The open road often calls my name, and I've gone by car, by plane, and by train to many destinations, from Los Angeles on the west coast to New York City on the east. As much as we once went to Branson, we headed south more often, visiting Louisiana often three to four times a year, to Mississippi and Texas and to the Gulf Coast. We also traveled within our state to my hometown of St. Joseph and beyond, We introduced the kids to Jefferson City, St. Louis, and one of my favorite Missouri destinations, Herman. 
We trekked down the interstates and the back roads, the latter my preference. A year ago, my now adult children and I took off to Tulsa. The highlight of the trip was Kilkenny's Irish Pub, a favorite place. If you're my age and share my taste in music, you may recall the song, Me and You and a Dog Named Boo by Lobo. Right now, I'm hearing those lyrics. That old car is begging us to go. you got to get away and get back on the road again. As soon as the opportunity presents, that's where I'll be. Back on the road again. It's time. And she hasn't even said she's going to visit me. I am so hurt. (laughs) If I get in your neighborhood, I will come visit. I promise. I'll make you a deal. Mask or not, I'll meet you, I'll meet you at the Lincoln Steps. <laughs> All right. Mask or not, I mean, I, unless they close, uh, unless they dethrone Lincoln off his pe- uh, uh, pe- pedestal. No, he's not really on a pedestal. On his rocking chair. You know, uh, I'll meet you there, right? There you go. And anybody else wants to come, tell me we'll we'll have a big one. You know, oh, yeah, they they don't want groups. So we'll be (laughs) social distancing at the Lincoln Memorial. There you go. But, um, you know, the the one problem I have with, uh, I love the column, by the way, but uh, I just, you 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 know, Branson today, or was today, before pandemic, was an entertainment capital. I mean, you had Jim Stafford, you had Yakov Chernoff, you know what I'm saying. You had talent. Now it's a ghost town. It's like Vegas. It's a ghost town. But, uh, I mean, they used to have... I mean, Roy Clark had a had a place, and he's no longer with us. But Roy Clark, oh God, and he would have Glenn Campbell and the late John Hartford, uh, Jerry Reed, other people just coming up with him, you know, coming in and going in for a set or something. Okay, and, and the Branson was such a great place to go. Now, as I said, it's a ghost town. And most things lately is a ghost town. So, do you, do you, what do you think of the... you think we'll ever come back to the glory days of Branson or the glory days of Vegas or the glory days of New York? You know, that is a good question. And I don't know... And I, you're the reporter. I figured I'd ask it. You know, I would hope so, but I think it's going to take some time. And I don't know how long, because this this pandemic has changed everything. It's just so crazy. It's just changed basically life as we know it. But I would hope that someday we'll get back to what was normal. I really, really do. Because I want to go. I want to be out in that wider world again. Yeah, I know, but, okay, don't you find a little more claustrophobic about what's going on now? 
Oh, yes, very much. Because I work from home now, when I do go out, it doesn't take long. I start feeling like, okay, I want to go home now. I want to, you know, I want to go back where I know it's safe. and It's crazy. It's just crazy. But... Since I know you work from home, you ever worked? I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to be funny, but you ever worked in bed? <laughs> sure, absolutely. The downside about working at home is you're literally working like 24/7 because you've got your tablets, you've got your laptop, you've got all your stuff. So yeah, I may think of something at some really odd hour and be like, oh, okay, I better go check on that, or I get an email, or inspiration so yeah <laughs> but but okay talking about inspiration I want you to talk about the new book that's coming up soon um, you are a talented lady and a talented author and I say this not to sound like I'm broken record but um, I mean you had a couple of books for a long time. I don't know, are they still on Amazon? Uh, most of them are, all except some of the ones that were with Rebel Press, Rebel Ink Press, because they closed down. But most of those I found new homes for, or I put them up myself. But yeah, I've got a full slate of books on Amazon where they can find my books. Some are in print. All of them are in ebook form. So, but yeah, they're still on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I'm trying to think where else, various places. Kobo. Yes, they're on Kobo, and there are some brick and mortar bookstores that have a few. There's one in Springfield, Missouri, that carries my books, and probably some others. I'm trying to think, but there's quite a few. And as most, probably most listeners, maybe they know, maybe they don't, I was widowed in January 2019. And for about a year and a half before that, my writing production kind of went downhill because my husband had health problems, I had the job with the newspaper, and I just didn't have time or energy to do fiction too. So it's been a while since I've had a new book out, so it feels really good to be in the process of getting a new book out. And I think care to share to I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I go said ahead. care to share about it. To be what? Talk about it, the new book. About the new book. All right. Well, in the past, I had a couple of holiday or Christmas titles that did reasonably well. So getting back into writing, I thought, I had several works in progress that I had started, stopped, started, stopped. And I decided a few months ago, I thought, no, I just need something, a brand new story to focus on, to get into, to work on. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe I could come up with a holiday title for this year. Of course, this is a little bit before the pandemic really hit, so who knows how, you know, Christmas book lists will be this year. But I came up with the idea of a young man whose last name is Scrooge. And so because I mentioned in my column 
Herman, Missouri, one of my favorite towns in my own state. It's a German town. It was founded by German settlers. It's on the banks of the Missouri River. They have multiple wineries in the hills around town. There are vineyards. Just a really, it's a neat little place with a European flavor smack in the middle of Missouri. So I decide I'm going to put this young man, whose name is Theo, Theodore Scrooge, in that town, just to make it interesting. And I decide to call the book Scrooge and Marley. But it's not, Marley's not a business partner in my book. Marley is a love interest. And if you want, I can read maybe the first few paragraphs to give them an idea. That would be okay. Yes, I'd love it. I'd love to hear it. All right. All right, this Work is the public people. Wait a second. Work. I got to do this. Let me do a public a PSA. This is a work in progress. If you get the book and it's not this way, lump it. This is a work in progress. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. That was a very good thing to say because it could change. All right, this is the, this is the first part of the first chapter. Okay, he wasn't old, and most of the time he wasn't cranky, but like the fictional Ebenezer, Theo Scrooge disliked Christmas. He hadn't always. As a child, he'd loved the holidays with all the traditions and trimmings, but he grew up and that changed. Theo didn't care much for Charles Dickens either. In lit classes, he'd been forced to read classics like Oliver Twist and A Tale of Two Cities, but he balked at reading A Christmas Carol, although he eventually had. He wished the author had chosen any other surname for the miserly old character who had a life-changing revelation after three ghosts set him straight. If Dickens, losing my place, if Dickens had just called him Ebenezer Smith or Sands or Sims, things would have been different for Theo. Instead, for as long as he could remember, people joked about Scrooge, especially in December. From elementary school through college, Theo always knew when an instructor reached his name on the class roster. There was a pause, then a frown, and then a hesitant, Theo Scrooge? Growing up in a small Missouri River town where most of the residents had German names made Theo stand out all the more. Nestled in the Missouri Rhineland, Deutschstadt paralleled the Missouri River with the older businesses along First Street and the remainder on the highway that traveled into town via classic silver suspension bridge and left as a two-lane road that led to Interstate 44. Several wineries were located within the town limits and others were located in the surrounding area. I keep losing my place because I'm trying to read this scrolling down. And Sorry. I know, I'm getting there. i got to find my place. Several wineries were located within the town limits, and others were located in the surrounding countryside. A drive in any direction on any of the winding country roads was picturesque with vineyards with acres of grapes and old country farmhouses that looked as if they had been transported from Europe. Deutsche Stadt, translated as Germantown, had an old-world atmosphere as well, from the brick courthouse towering over the river to St. Moran's, the patron saint of wine, on another hill to the downtown district. In the spring and summer, the town bloomed with flower gardens in almost every yard and cranny. In the spring and summer, the town bloomed with flower gardens in almost... Uh, sorry, I'm losing my place again. A number of bed and breakfast in two motels provided tourists the chance to stay, and many did. The Amtrak train also roared through en route between St. Louis and Kansas City. Some of the older residents still spoke a form of German, but after a century and a half, it wasn't pure. Mm. 
mm-hmm. but a local version that few others, especially anyone from Germany, could understand. I'll stop there, but that may give the reader an idea of who this Theo Scrooge is. You said is. Scrooge and Marley. Well, who is Marley? I know who Marley is in Dickens' version, <laughs> but who's Marlin in your version? Marley in this book is going to be a young school teacher who comes to Herman to visit. Her name is Marlena, Marlena Dupree, but she goes by Marley. And she's going to decide she wants to come and move to, well, in the book it's Deutsche Stop, but to Herman, and live there because she wants to get to know Theo better, and he's quite smitten with her. So Marley is a young school teacher who's going to be new to town, so she's not really all up on this whole aversion he has to a Christmas carol and his feelings on Christmas. Well, let me ask you this, okay? Uh, For one, it sounds like a great book. It really does. Uh, Second is, and I'm going to say this, you you need to book in some of your columns and put them in a book. (laughs) People keep telling me that. I really do need to do that. Wait wait a second. Wrangle, wrangle. I'll even do the forward. (laughs) You've heard that one before. Never. You've heard that one before, but I've I've always been honorable with my intention. So yeah, I'll do the forward. I I have a hot damn good one too. Yeah, I said hot damn. Wait a second. I got a I got a quick. I am hot damn. I didn't curse, so we're good. There you go. We're good. A lot of people ask me to do that. They say you should do a book of columns. And the other one is, in my books, a lot of my characters like to eat. And I've had people tell me I should do a book, like a recipe book, a cookbook, cooking with characters. Okay. Okay, that's good. We've already got just three books. You want more? (laughs) I I had one writer I talked to about a month ago, two months ago, and he says to me, he says, I don't know what I'm going to do for my second book. He just got a new first book, and I'm not going to say who. But you've already got three on the, on the you could use and spin table and do it, you know. Yeah, now all I need is the time to do it. <laughs> That's the only thing. Well, let's see. They, 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 they make only 24 hours in a day. Now, if you do 26, we're really, really good. But uh, it, de- you know, it depends on what you like, and you are a talented lady. Uh, I, I don't know how you pull some of these rabbits out of hats. You are that talented. I really do know that you are very, very talented, and ama- you amaze me with some of your writing. And I'm not saying it. Just because I know you, uh, I think you're an amazing, wonderful writer, and I always sort of like, oh, she's got a new book. Let me read it, okay? And I love reading it. Let me just do a minute of station identification. This is the World of Ink Network, uh, and this is anything goes with Bennett Pomerantz. Next week on the show. 
And I'm not leaving our guest. Our guest is coming back next week. Yes, it's the 13th of the month. But the lovely Sarah Steele is coming to talk about the law and is going to talk about a lot of things. But yet, Sarah Steele is and was part of the legal show. She and I had the legal show. And we're going to talk about legal issues in this um, pandemic, uh, talk about legal issues to to people and what's happening. And it, it'll be interesting. And anybody who wants to do shows, please message me, audioworld at yahoo.com on Yahoo or even via Facebook. It's been a thumb rinse. Uh By the way, before I forget, I just found out on the 25th, I, I, I am doing an evening show with Dina Remmel, so with Marsha Casper-Cook, so it'll be a nice show. I mean, God, Dina's wonderful and is a great author, and it's a chance to to talk to Dina, and she is wonderful. And we've got, I mean, Melissa Kerr is coming on the 27th, so you people, if you think that we're just pulling rabbits out of hats, no. And on the 10th of, the, of September, okay, this is a back-to-school special. <laughs> uh, Elaine Veets will be here talking about writing and literature. I mean, I, I try to pull talented people, and I have a talented lady this afternoon. Uh, I wanted to reintroduce her. Her name is Leanne Sadaheim Murphy. She's an author and editor yeah, okay. She does too much. <laughs> and she and she is a columnist who I very, very much respect. Um how did you get the job editing the two newspapers you have? Okay, it's kind of a long backstory. About let's see, years ago would that be like 16 or 17 years ago, I was doing, working for another newspaper in the area in the nearby city of Joplin as a stringer and a columnist. Then I wrote a column about Pretty Boy Floyd, which turned out to, that got a lot of some negative thing, but then I wrote one. We all remember Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ. And I wrote a column about that movie that was called It's Not Holy, It's Hollywood. And that upset a tremendous amount of people who read the column. And so the, I parted ways with that newspaper. So I had been emailing back and forth with the local editor at the time of the Neosho newspaper, and I would send him funny little things. We just kind of would have an email thing going, nice guy. And so I, one I said to him, what if I wrote you a column? Would you think about it? And he said, write me one and I'll see so I wrote a column, and my column has changed names like three or four times. It started out, it was called Hindsight, because I do a lot of, I don't know, looking back kind of columns. So I sent him a few columns, and so I became a regular columnist for the Neosho Daily News. And I did this for years, and in between I was substitute teaching school, raising my kids, writing my books. And then about, let's see, a little over three years ago, they advertised for an editor. So I thought, hey, 
that might be better than teaching school, so I sent in my resume. So the publisher called me to come in for an interview, and he said, why haven't you written more than the column for the paper? And I said, nobody ever asked me. And he had this, like, what the hey look on his face. And so he hired me as a reporter. Moved up the then reporter to editor and hired me as a reporter. Well, as the newspaper business right now is undergoing big changing changes and has been, we went through several editors, several publishers, and then it ended up that the editor left, and I became the editor of the Neosho paper by default. So I'm the editor for Neosho. And then just about a year ago, the editor of the Aurora paper, which is part of our same network, a sister paper, resigned, and they said, oh, can you do Aurora too? I thought they meant like for a few weeks till they found somebody. I'm like, sure, no problem. Turned out that was long term, and voila, I'm editor for two newspapers. So that's kind of how that came about. Well, one day you'll one day you'll ask me for a column. I remember doing my my column to be your what, and that was uh, I was yeah. running six weeks ahead almost. I how far do you run ahead? <laughs> I used to write them about that sixty eight weeks ahead. Now there are times because of everything else I'm doing, I'm writing the column for that next week on the weekend. I liked it better when I had them written ahead because that was so easy. But Anytime you want to ask me to do one, I will personally help you and, and do one. Hey, I would let you. I would be honored. I have had several columnists who I have found for my paper who have several of them have turned out to have a wonderful following and so I, I've built up. They asked me from Gannett, said, do you need any columnists? And I said, I've built up a pretty good stable of columnists. And they're like, oh. And then they read some. I'm like, okay, you're good. So I would be honored well, if you do a column for my paper. I, you know, the funny thing, my editor, I love her dearly. Thank you. She's no longer with us. She she uh, died of uh, COVID nineteen and yeah I'm sorry that happened but she just I said what do I write about she says anything I said anything and she says yeah you don't have to have a topic just do it just do what you want just you know to keep the four letter words out I said always I don't do that kind of stuff. I said, crap. She says, you can get away with that. But just just do what you want to. I mean, I did a column uh, about how klutzy I am and how my dog, he, when he was still alive, used to talk to me. You know, and one person thought, it's weird, and other people were like, ha, 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 and knew exactly what I meant, you know. It's amazing what people will do these days. And, uh, well, this we're talking pre-pandemic, but, 
you know, you wrote a column and people just had fun. And that's what a column to me is all about, is having a good time. So do you have a good time with it? Oh, yeah, I do. Some There are days, sometimes, writing news is a whole different thing. News is news. Feature stories are fun, but the column is fun because I can write what I want. Okay. And so, yeah, I had been... I've had so much fun kind of growing some of my columnists. They One is an old friend from my college days who she sent, she asked me about doing a column, and I said, sure. So she writes a column for me now. One used to be the city here PR director, and he left the city, mm-hmm. and he did some writing, and he was doing a city column. And when he left, parted ways with the city, he said, can I still do the column? I said, absolutely. His city columns were good. His personal columns are fabulous. He's one of my best columnists. His numbers track higher than just about anybody else, and it's really neat. And he just writes, his name is Paul Richardson. I'll give him a shout-out. He owns a marketing company called Insane Marketing Solutions, but he just pretty much writes what he is thinking about, and people like it. They love it. So I was yeah. remember. I always remember somebody says, you're nuts. I said, what do you mean? This is your columnist. You're nuts. I said, thank you, I think. And they said, it's a good nuts. I'd like to have more nuts like you around. So, you know, I, I'm impressed with that. I am, I'm, to me that, you know, you become diverse sometimes when you write a column. Do you find yeah. that? Yes, absolutely. And you may find yourself writing about things you might not have written about if you weren't doing a column. So You ever started a column with, and it's an old Chinese joke about this, one from column A and one from column B, and you start writing column A and you realize you're writing column B. Oh, yeah. You're totally, you're totally diverse of, you want to write about X, Y, Z, and you end up, you know, doing PDQ instead. Oh, right. Yeah, sometimes I, what I sit down to write about doesn't turn out to be what I actually write about. It turns out to be something else. Um, Diana just gave me a little IM saying, why don't you write a book about your column? Diana, we already went through that earlier. I think she's going to. I don't know when. Okay, and maybe she'll have forward on it, right? I've I've been. And and I'm 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 lobbying for the forwards. So I, you know, I'm lobbying for the forwards to do them. You know, I I I, I'm not sure to I'm not sure to work either, but I'll I'll take them. You know, oh yeah, but. and oh, okay. Here we go. Brenda says, "What's a forward?" <laughs> Do you want to explain okay. that? You can explain it. Let me inflict a little. Let me inflict a little pain and explain it, if you don't mind. Sure, and you that can, would be great. A forward 
is okay. You forward is a personal column or a personal statement about the author, the book, the subject matter, um, anything a friend or an enemy will write about. I'm not her enemy, so I'm. It'll be more of a friend, but. If she's writing about her area, she has a wonderful area. You talk about the area. You talk about what's going on. You don't have to talk about COVID-19 or anything else. You write about the area. You write about the book, the author, anything you feel like. Um... I remember reading a Batman collection. I'm getting old now. Uh, Batman collection. And Adam West, who's TV's Batman, if you're a fan of TV shows, that's when I put on the list. I enjoyed it. It's a little campy, but I loved it. Uh, Adam West, they did a collection of Batman stories uh, called From the 30s to the 70s. And Adam West did the forward. And Adam West was talking about experiences on Batman. Clean ones. But, uh, and just, and he went for about a page and a half about it. And to me, that's impressive. But you get somebody who's either the author's friend or somebody who's connected with this or whatever and see if you can do this. I mean, I love Leanne dearly, but as a friend, and I say that because you say you love somebody dearly, huh? But she is a wonderful cook. She shows on Facebook sometimes some of the most beautiful food in the world. But I'm not a chef, so I couldn't really do justice to a forward of a book. I don't know who could, maybe a local chef or uh, Michael Simon or whoever. I don't know. I'm not trying to be rude. But uh, now if she said I got a book of columns, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, she she wants a forward to the new book, Scrooge and Marley. I would do it too, you know. It, uh, everybody knows who Scrooge and Marley is, even though it, this is her and Leanne's interpretation. Okay. Is that a big enough plug for you, or you want it bigger? That is a wonderful plug. I mean, please go on, you know. I love it. No, thank you. That's a good plug. And I appreciate every word of that. And let's see, that's uh, forward for Scrooge and Marley. I'm writing writing that down, too, on my list. Now, I'm going to ask you a thing about books these days. Do you think we'll ever get back to having a corner paperback that you can stick in the side of your pocket and go and lean in a corner and read a book? Or do you think it'll all be online these days? I don't know. You know, I miss, I like to have, I like my Kindle, I love it, I do, but I like having the book you can stick in your pocket and take it with you, stick it in your purse, your pocket, whatever. And I don't know, I think as long as there's a demand for it, kind of like, you know, a few decades ago, oh, records were going to be dead, but records are good. My son, who's 19, he has discovered vinyl, and he loves vinyl. 
So I think there could be still a niche for the paperback books, pocket books. I hope so. Well, do you, okay, do you think, because a lot of books these days are not paper. They're right. e-books, they're, they're uh, spoken words or whatever. What, what do you think the future of books will be? What do you think the future of books will be? Probably heavy toward the electronic, to be honest. But I think there will be some, still some desire for a physical paper book that you can hold in your hands. I ran into a lot of people who say, I want a book I can hold in my hand. And I'm like, okay. Because all of my books are not in paper. They are all electronic, and some are also in paper. When I do a book signing, I'll have people who say, oh, I really wanted to read this title or that title. And I'll say, okay, well, that's one of the electronic titles. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll buy this one then because I want a physical book. Do you, so you find physical books you think won't be dead and will come back? I don't back think they'll be completely they'll dead. Come. I think they'll still be kind of a niche for them because some people do prefer them. So I think there will be. Okay. I'm going to ask you this. You have a couple of books out, and I love them. Please don't think I don't. But which one would you like to see in a, a film? Or, oh God! <laughs> or, I can't say lifetime movie, um, uh, lifetime or or whatever, what pops, whatever, whatever you want it to be, whatever station. I don't know HBO. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? That is a very interesting question. God, thank you. I asked a couple. You do. You're you're very good. See, I'm usually on the asking end as a reporter. <laughs> Now I've got to be on the answering end, and it's like, whoa, okay. I that's a good question. Maybe I don't know. I think the vampire, the covenant, the either the one you did the forward on, the mm-hmm. Comanche vampire, would be really a different movie, and they could film it out there in western Oklahoma, where the scenery is very western, gorgeous, or even one of the traditional books, Kinfolk, which was my first one. I'm sure you mm-hmm. remember Kinfolk. I think it would make a good I movie. I do. I think it would make a good movie. Anybody that wants to make a movie, hey, I'm up for it. Just contact me. I'm I'm up for it. Throw that out there to the world there. Well, you know, many years ago, they they had James Thurber was long dead, and they had uh, William Wyndham playing James Thurber with his columns, and it was called My World and Welcome to It. This is also where you had some of Thurber's short stories, and uh, you had his column, some of his columns talking about his wife, talking about his husband, you know, all everything. And uh, would you ever think that if somebody said, yeah, they'd also, let's do another one, Dave Barry's Dave's World. 
you, you, he, his columns came to life as well. You think that if somebody said, oh, we want to do one about Leanne's world. Oh, wow. That would intrigue me. I would definitely be interested. That would be very intriguing. So who would you want to play you? Oh, my goodness. That's a hard one. I mean, you have to understand, Dave Barry has been played by uh, Harry Anderson, you know, William Wyndham did Thurber, you know. You're thinking, you know, even um, James Garner did Mark Twain. So it's like, who do you want? And, of course, Hal Holbrook's Mark Twain. Sorry. Sorry, Hal, he's still alive. But uh, Hal Holbrook's Mark Twain is worth his weight in gold. I mean, is that good? And if people out there, if you haven't heard the CD or you know, DVD or what or MP3 of Mark Twain tonight. Oh God, listen to Hal Holbrook doing Mark Twain, and when he does Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, it's like he has four voices. He has the older Twain, then he has a, a younger Huck and a younger Tom Sawyer. And a little, and a small Becky Thatcher, but and he's doing all the voices. And this is long before audio books were popular. He used to do this as a lecture series, and it is so eloquently. I mean, so Leanne, who do you want to play you? <laughs> oh gosh, that is really a hard one. I don't know. The only thing that pops into my mind is Kathy Bates. I could see her possibly yeah. playing me. Yeah. Get out of get out of my head. I would think Kathy Bates would be. <laughs> Kathy Bates, I think. Is, get out of my head. That's who I was thinking. <laughs> it's, it's great minds think alike. That's what it is. And no, I don't mean I'm getting an email or a, a, you know, and I am here. No, I don't mean Kathy Bates' uh, misery. I'm talking. Uh, Kathy Bates, the actress. Yeah. She's beautiful. She was beautiful in Misery, but Leanne looks better than, than Kathy Bates in Misery. Thank you. Okay. I'm just telling you, that's what they're thinking here. I'm like, no, no. Kathy Bates has done more than Misery, even though she won her Oscar for Misery. So, uh, I got to, um, Okay. What do you tell a young writer that still wants to write and you're a newspaper person? What do you tell them? I tell them if that's what if they really want to write, then to go write. To me, the best apprenticeship, whatever you want to call it, is to just sit down and write. And just tell them to learn, you know, try to have, to learn your basic grammar because Some things I get submitted to me, you wouldn't believe. (laughs) But I tell them, right. And I tell them, you're going to have to be stubborn. You're going to have have to have perseverance. And you're going to have to grow a thick skin. You're going to have to be able to um, learn to take the fact that rejection may not be personal, when a book is rejected, a book, a story, whatever, 
it may be something else, but to just stay with it. Be committed to stick with it. Okay. So. You don't mind taking a couple of questions from some of our listeners here, do you? No, sure. Go ahead. Dana asks, where do you get your column ideas? <laughs> Mostly they just come to me. Sometimes if I want to, if I am struggling for an idea, I look up, is there any literary milestone, an, an author birthday? And then I may write about that author, poet, whatever, if it's someone that I really do admire. Most of the time it's just like, I think, what should I write about? And I usually write something that's just relevant to me right then. The column I read earlier, to me, I thought, what should I write about? Wow, I really would like to get on the road and go someplace. So I thought, I'll just write about that. Not, no really set formula. It's just kind of like, kind of like the name of your show. Anything goes. Exactly, Marcia, and not our live, not Marcia Casper, but Marcia. This woman's name, Marcia too. Are we lucky to get to Marcia? Um, she asks, "Have you thought of doing more books?" I just read not. Not the one with Ben is doing the forward, but another one. Oh, I think he's okay. doing more books all the time. Ideas are something I'm not usually short of, and hey, just on this show, what we come up with, like three that we talked about. But yeah. We get to already running six, and I'm writing a couple of forwards. Yeah, so yeah. Except, for the, except for the cookbook, you find a good chef around you to, to do the forward for that one. Definitely. I'll have to look, work on that one. Either, either that or send a letter to Michael Simon. I don't think Bobby Flay will do it, but Michael <laughs> Simon might. He might, yeah. That's an idea. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Cat Cora, because Cat might or might not. I mean, you got to, she's in Florida. Um, Bobby Flay, I, I don't think you'd do it. Michael Simon, he's doing he's he's done something amazing. He's broadcast his shows outside on the grill and talking about cooking and things like that. So it amazes me what people are doing these days and how they're doing it and everything else. Right. Now, because I know you have you. And if you if you're not on her Facebook, you should be. She sometimes prints the pictures or shows pictures. And there are times I want to take my computer or take the page from Facebook and try to print it and eat it. It that it looks that good. Um, that was a compliment, by the way. Yes, thank you. Somebody said. Print the copy of it. Yeah, print the picture of the food and eat it. Yeah, I'm not going to eat a piece of paper, no. <laughs> they, they, they're listening. They are listening. That's good. I'm flattered. I'm pleased to hear that people are listening. That's good to yeah, know. Yeah, but they want, me, they want me to, they want me to, I'm printing a piece of paper and they want me to eat it. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
you ever had one of those days where you feel like you're in the twilight zone? Yeah, then now I've just felt it. But um, tell them a little. I want you to make sure before we close this evening and do a, you know, do my wrap up and do my clothes and everything else. I want you to tell them what you have. Not you don't have to tell them everything you're available or where they can find your stuff and your columns and everything else. Go ahead. All right. The columns you can find on either of my paper websites, which is Neosho, which is N-E-O-S-H-O, Neosho Daily News, or the Aurora Advertiser. You, my columns are always on both of those. They also often get picked up by some of the other papers in our Gannett network. Uh, I guess I could spell my name for you. If they can run my name, they can find me on Amazon or about anywhere. So it's Leanne Sonheimer Murphy. Leanne is pretty easy. It's Lee and two separate words. Sonheimer, that's the hard one. It's S-O-N-T-H-E. I-M-E-R, and then Murphy. Sondheimer's my maiden name. Murphy's my married. Slammed them all together to have what I hope is a memorable name. Um, if you if you On Facebook, I have my page. I have the newspaper pages. I have a page for my writing. So if you can find me on Facebook and friend me or follow me, you can keep up with all the different things I have and have done and will do. And unless you're taking a jet out there, the best thing is to uh, friend her is nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, friend me, uh, follow me, find one of my pages and just join us there and you'll be able to keep up. And Marley and Me is expected I'd l- in December, correct? Hopefully, yes. I have to finish it, which I'm busily it's working my, on. Marley and me or Scrooge and I Scrooge, or whatever. Scrooge and Marley. Scrooge and Marley. So. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, you have a great... I, 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 I've already got a couple of people that are saying, yeah, I'll buy one. When is it coming? You'll just have to have me back when it comes out, and then we can tell them. I've got December all free, so anytime. All right. I have November's book, and I'm not working Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, um, I will. I, I will give a little personal news on me. Uh, Marsha Casper Cook. Thank you, Marsha. We love you. The head of the World of Ink Network. Thank you, Marsha, again. If you don't say thank you, it's not worth it. But Marsha and I are talking about me doing two shows a week instead of one. You know, for as long as we need two, so it'll be nice. Michigan Avenue Media. Marsha just chimed in. Thank you, Marsha. Michigan Avenue Media. Sorry, Marsha, please forgive me. Thank you. Um, We're talking about two shows next year. Not not this year. Next year, doing two shows and having a good time, and um, hopefully having some lovely guests as I've been having. I think everybody has fun in the show. I hope they do. 
Um, next week, and I have to say this because I don't want to get killed, because the lovely and talented Sarah Steele, attorney at law, will be here, hopefully doing legal questions and other issues and everything else. And on the 20th, we have author Daniel Ray talking about his new book. And as I said, on the 25th, in the evening of the uh, 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, Dina Remmel will be here. Oh, God. And on the 20th, I love Dina. She's wonderful. Uh, and on the 27th, Melissa Kerr will be here. We'll be in the hot seat, and I'll be talking to her. Hopefully, she'll take a get, bring a guest or two. If not, it's just her and I. Been done. Oh, according, oh, you, you'll be on. I just heard from the big chief uh, when the show is being. Yes, the, I will be there with you on the twenty fifth. Oh God. You mean, I, you mean I can't do it? I can't do. I can do my best to have two, three beautiful ladies. Oh my God! It'll be. I, I think I'll wear sunglasses or something. It'll be so bright. <laughs> It'll be so bright. Okay, but the one thing I love about Marcia's shows, which she has two or more guests, it it's like organized pandemonium. Does that make any sense? Does that make any sense? It does make sense. Because uh, when we used to have those kind of shows and I was a guest on those, oh, God, it was like just dig your your feet in and, uh, you know, it was a party, but the thing is you dig your feet in because you had to get your, you had to make sure you had your time to get your your words in too, because you had such and such a guest, and oh, it was a it was a party. It was a lot of uh, a lot of party. It was a, a lot of work, and your your guests usually as fun as they were, and they were fun. Trust me, you a lot of them were also very. And I don't mean this in a rude sense, but they were verbose. They could, they they didn't just let you have the floor. They they let you, you know. Once you had the once they had the floor, if you got a word in it, was you were doing well. Uh, true. Yes. Totally. I would, didn't mean to be verbose and not giving you a word in it. Oh, no, that's good. I like to listen to you. Thank you. This made my afternoon. It was fun. I love it. But let me ask you a simple question here. Do you have any other books, according to uh, Dana? Dana asks, do you have any other books in the hopper? There's another one that I'm working on, but I kind of put it aside to work on Scrooge and Marley. It doesn't have a working title yet, but actually I'm trying to think how to describe it shortly because we're probably running out of time. Uh, no, we have time. We have time. Don't worry about time. 
Time is a commodity we have. I book the show for two hours, and I usually try to stay within an hour, hour and a half. But we have time to talk. Most people don't, you know, it's it's dinner time, and most people say, I listen to your show. It's a great show. Well, when do you listen? Oh, the archives. Two weeks later. So I don't expect anything until, you know, two weeks later anyway. Anyway, so it's about a guy who returns to his his family farm, which has been in the family for like a century, and he comes back, and he soon meets the young lady he was once involved with. They broke up in college. Neither was quite sure why, and so they're going to take it from there. And the that prodigal son, yeah. kind of a prodigal son, yes, yes. Well, how much of your fiction is real? It's kind of a blend. In my fiction, I blend a lot of, let's see, real-life experiences, sometimes mine, sometimes others, but they're always changed, so they're not too recognizable. It's kind of a blend. It's kind of like a hybrid of life and fiction blended together. So. Has, okay. Let me ask this question because it just Corey asked this. He says, "Has somebody said you stole my life, or or I can't say those kind of words, but you know, um, a real person says they didn't like how you portrayed them in your book, and even though it's not them." <laughs> yeah, I've had people say, "I know that that character is me," and I'm like, "No, not really." But, oh. Nah, if you ever portrayed, I I had one person that wanted to do a radio talk show call-in segment and me being the host of the segment with my real name. That scared the peat out of me. (laughs) Yes. Because... Because it was, like, too close. But, uh, and there there are some authors that have fictionalized me slightly, and I won't say who. Um, because if I say who it is, you'll be very surprised, and you might have to get her book, and uh, she only has, like, 15 of them. So, uh, and I'm in one or two of them. And it scares the pants off me. But uh, I haven't read me yet, so that's scary enough. I mean, I've read stuff I've written, but this is a person fictionalizing me. (laughs) So how would you want to be fictionalized? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. Never really thought about that. But that's interesting. I don't know. Well, I tell you, I, I, you know, my stupid questions. I ask such stupid questions, and if you believe they're stupid, I've got swamp lands on selling cheap. 
<laughs> but I, and I'm not trying to say I do I, okay. So I think we've got everything done, and and hopefully by this time it's in November or December or January. Her book collection will be out. Marley and me and Marley and Scrooge will be out, and um, the cookbook will be out. Hopefully, she'll get somebody like Mike Simon to write the forward for the cookbook. But uh, I, I will surely want a copy so I can try to cook. But. Um, Anything else you want to say, dear, before we close up, shop? I can't think of anything. Just okay. thank you for having me and thank Marcia for hosting this. And I'm looking forward to the 25th. Gives me something on my calendar besides city council meetings and stuff. So okay, that's about all I've got for now. Let me say good night. Fly away. Good night. Be well. It has been my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Good night. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.